All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Kente Corner, your favorite casual Hoya basketball podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Bancroft, and we have a special pre-Big East tournament edition, and there's no one I'd rather be talking to right now than the voice of the Hoyas. Welcome back, Rich Schwatkin. Rich, how you doing? Bobby, always a pleasure. You know, I've been involved with the Big East since inception in 1979-1980 season. I've been to every Big East basketball tournament. And this year, due to our COVID-19 pandemic, I'll be broadcasting from the studio. But you know what? Should be a wonderful tournament. And uh, Georgetown battling in the eighth, ninth against Marquette. Last time they played 64-60 in favor of uh, the Golden Eagles. Jabal Kane just uh, destroyed them with 25. Maybe the Hoyas can get a big victory and uh, move on against a very depleted Villanova team. Yeah, it's, it's crazy when you look at that top half of the bracket in that Georgetown in the 8-9 game, I think both them and Marquette have a legitimate shot and should have legitimate dreams of making it all the way to Saturday. Yeah, very clearly, you know, I think the tough game will be the Georgetown-Marquette game. I think with Villanova, with Justin Moore out, I just can't see how they recover from losing two lead guards like that. I mean, you're talking one first-teamer, and Justin Moore is just a tremendous player at both ends of the floor. And then, and then the next game, obviously, is going to be the be battle between four and five, St. John's and Seton Hall. That's also a winnable game, although, you know, both those teams are pretty good, Bobby, as you well know, and, and it's not going to be an easy draw for either Marquette, Villanova, or for Georgetown playing against one of those two. The important thing is being on the other side of the bracket from Creighton and from Connecticut right now, which seems like the yeah. best team in the league but I want to yeah. say this I talked about this on the pod I think after the uh the last Hoyas game as Georgetown you know you're in your 47th season is that correct yes so you know you've seen it all I've seen a lot 10 years ago as Hoyas we saw what happened to Chris Wright at the end of the season and yeah. it is just terrible I know that's a Georgetown pod there's a big rivalry with Villanova they've been on top recently Georgetown's trying to get back to that point but even with all the success they've had, it's hard to look at them and not feel bad based on what happened to Gillespie and now even, you know, more. Well, and, and look at years ago, what happened to Cincinnati and and, uh, and, and Kenyon Martin when he went yeah. down yeah. in the final four. You know, you know, Bobby, this is just all part of sports, you know, and, and it's a shame when someone goes down, like when Chris Wright did, you know, oh, yeah. we hope he would come back against against VCU and uh, j- j- just didn't just didn't have it. You know, it's just it's just just one of these unfortunate things. And I guess you that's why it's so important. You better have a bench because you never know what's going to happen. You know, but how do you replace Colin Gillespie and how do you replace Justin Moore? They're just not replaceable parts. So everybody else has got to step up. But Villanova's bench was short as it was, and now losing those two is really a terrible blow. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, the, the, the only thing that, that's good news for the Cats is they were down with both those guys and almost came back and beat Providence in Providence. So, you know, look, anything can happen. I, I, I don't count Jay Wright out at all, you know? No. And speaking of having to prepare for the unexpected and never know what's going on, I can't believe that we haven't spoken, at least on the podcast, since you've been covering all the games this year. Can you kind of explain to everyone? I know a lot of people listen to your call. What's it been like for you in the change? Like, you know, just explain where you're broadcasting out of, what you've kind of got to help you, you know, and just sort of how different it is. 
Well, it's very different. I've been broadcasting all the games from the studio. I sit in a kind of a, a studio booth with a television monitor in front of me, and I have the stat monitors that I get from, from the games. In other words, wherever the home game is played, they, they send me the stats, and that's what I have. And I have to basically call the game off that monitor. Now, if you're at the arena and you're watching the monitor, you can see what's going on courtside. You can see when a substitute comes in or out. You can see if there's a foul because you're looking right at it. When you're looking at the monitor, which is a very small monitor, it's not like one of these big things that they have in the TNT studios. So yeah. basically, my screen vision is very limited, and I have to just do the best I can. But that's, that's the experience. Bobby, it's a whole lot different than being in the arena. That I will tell you, and being courtside or even being upstairs. Yeah, it, it's a, but you do, you do the best you can. You know, this is a, this is a COVID-19 pandemic year. It's what it is. It's unfortunate that most of the broadcasters uh, have to stay at home and, and do it from their home monitors. And that's just the way it is. Does anybody like it? No. Do we understand the reality of what's going on in our lives today? Yes. And hopefully this too shall pass and we'll get back to normalcy next year. Now, I'm not nearly as important as you as far as when I need to look at the stats based on what you're doing. You're out there and you've, you know, you're broadcasting usually from 980, sometimes 1067. It's also on Sirius, it's on radio.com. I found for me, when I'm on stat broadcast from home, I actually don't like looking at stat broadcast because it's usually about 10 seconds ahead. Do you have that same well, issue or do you have, do you have oh, uh, different oh, absolutely. stats? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I'm looking at stat broadcast, yeah. and I'm and then the score is like it, it says 58-54, and then you look at the TV and it says 58-56, and I'm <laughs> saying, oh my goodness! And and you know, you just have to you have to kind of as best you can pick your spots when you're going to give the score because as normally you would give the score ongoing, but you got to be careful because then you got to correct yourself and you, you sound like you, you don't know what the hell you're doing. So you just have to be careful. And, and, and sometimes you realize, oh my goodness, this is the, the, they're, they're 10 seconds behind. And yeah, it's just, just the reality of things. And sometimes when you're watching like the television, they don't show the score right away. They go to commercial, whatever they do and, and cut away. So it's a real challenge. All of that's a challenge. It's not like lifting your head up and looking at the scoreboard at Capital One or on the road. So th these are the kinds of issues that you struggle with. Now, has there been any positive that you can think of that's happened out of this? I'll say from my end, for all the writers that are covering the team, normally we would not have access to ask Patrick and occasionally the players questions on the road, but because we live in a Zoom world right now, we're getting that, which is really unusual. It's awesome. And honestly, I'm going to admit, I hope it continues going forward. Is there any sort of silver lining from the radio side of well, it that yeah, you can think I, of? I think exactly what you said. You have much more accessibility. I think people are more willing to give you information uh, because they know you're kind of stuck. And especially when you can't travel and you have to rely on Zoom and social media and everything else. Absolutely. I, I think it is good in that respect. I think everybody, if they were to ask you, would you trade a, a, a trip on the road to, to get stuff by Zoom versus being at all the games, people would say, I'd rather be at the games. But sure, it, it, it does help to get that information. Yeah, just trying to come up with some sort of yeah. positive from this situation. You know, Rich, speaking of positives, Georgetown was looking like they were in a pretty bad spot. And then, you know, COVID hit them as it's pretty much hit everyone. So you don't want to be pessimistic, but you kind of knew it was coming. They had four games postponed. 
They ended up basically being canceled. They didn't get to play them. But Georgetown's been a different team after the break. You know, Chudier Belay has been playing more. You know, we've seen some different lineups. Ego FA started a game. We've seen Blair and Carey kind of yo-yo. What's your take on, on what's happened on the court with the Hoyas since the pause? Well, I think just as you alluded to, they came out of the pod. They were six and three before that last outing against Connecticut, which was yeah. pretty good. You know, beating Creighton, uh, you know, that, that, that's not an easy team to beat. Beat Seton Hall, beat Butler. I mean, they, they came with, with some big victories after that. You know, they, 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 in the rematch with Creighton, they kind of fell apart. And, of course, lost to Villanova. And then that, that, that big loss with Connecticut in their last outing. But I thought Chudier Bele coming in helped them out. I thought Dante Harris was able to continue, you know, to stay on the floor and not have to sit due to foul trouble or basically exhaustion playing like 35 minutes a game. I, I just thought the team came a little bit together. And uh, maybe that three-week three week break gave them a little bit of opportunity. Of course, you can't really practice. You got to isolate. So, so they really didn't do a whole lot outside yeah. of just quarantine and stay safe. But maybe, maybe they got their legs back. Maybe they're able to bond a little better. And I think Belay coming off the bench against, you know, last time they played Marquette back on January the 2nd, he played 12 minutes and had three points. Uh, last several ball games, he's been a, almost a double-double man, you know, a couple double-double games. And, uh, you know, he's going to be a big factor. He gives them that extra scoring if Blair and Pickett, you know, don't, don't come through. So they, they've got to have three to maintain any kind of consistency. But you're right. They, they played very well since, you know, still, unfortunately, turning the ball over, Bobby, at a very, very, very difficult rate. I mean, when you turn it over, you know, 18, 20 times a game, you, you know, you're, you're not going to be in many ball games. No, you're not. And I think we've spoken about it on the pod. Basically, I think for them, you're not necessarily going to wake up and say, okay, we're going to be a new team in the Big East tournament. We're all going to have seven turnovers. That's just not how they are. They play kind of fast. But I think what is going to be the key for them is the kind of turnovers. Is it a turnover yeah. that leads directly to a basket or is it the turnover that, you know, at least goes out of bounds and they get a chance to set their defense? To me, that's kind right, of right. the best that they can do. Right, right. In other words, it, it, if you turn it over, it leads into a transition bucket. That's yeah. bad. If you turn the ball over and nothing happens, okay, it's an empty possession, but nothing happened as a result. You know, they didn't get a transition bucket. And, and I think they're going to have to be very, very careful against Marquette, especially when they get the ball in the Wahab. You know, Marquette's very long, very athletic. You know, the, the big, you know, I mean, you're talking about C.O. John and Garcia, very, very athletic. Jamal Kane, you know, they have long wingspans. They're, they're going to be in there, you know, overplaying those passing lanes. As soon as the ball goes into the post, they're going to kind of double down and try to steal it before Wahab gets up. So their interior passing is going to have to be real, real, real sharp, Bobby, on Wednesday afternoon. It does. And, you know, usually we're at this together. You know, last year, I think one of the last things I did even though at that point we kind of knew that the world was changing. You know, we were out after the Hoyas lost to St. John's in the first round. What are you going to miss the most about going up there? You know, you, you, like you said, you've been to every one. They've been, all of them have been at Madison Square Garden since, is it 83? Yeah, 80, 83 season, yeah. <laughs> I just miss the excitement of the Big East tournament. You know, even though, you know, we've been playing the 8-9 game recently, you know, it's just the electricity of being at Madison Square Garden. Obviously, the world's most famous arena, you know, the Big East tournament, you know, that that's had a long, long, long storied history of which Georgetown has won the most along with Connecticut seven each. You know, it's just an event, Bobby, 
you know, when you have all the teams coming together, you have all the media friends that you've seen, you know, out the course of the career, it's just a happening. And, and to have that taken away is kind of saddening, you know, but I think we all realize this is a pandemic year and, and we have to just deal with it. But yeah, I, I'm already, uh, you know, feeling a sense of anticipated loss, you know, when it comes <laughs> Wednesday and, and that, you know, missing all your people you see back there in the, in the press room and, you know, j just the people, the ushers, the people that you've been so used to for all these years is kind of negated now. And then you got to wait another, you know, 365 days for the next one. And, and, you know, Bobby, for years, I did every game. So like, I almost lived there at that garden from Wednesday through Sunday. Like I was in that arena all of Wednesday, half of Thursday, you know, and, and, and just a couple hours on Friday and then championship game Saturday. So I like for four or five days lived in that arena at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, that's a pretty good point that you bring up. And I had it in my notes. So I don't know if everyone knows, but you did not just the Georgetown game, but you did every game of the tournament. Every is game. That, is that the most challenging thing you think you've done in your career? Now, I think when you were doing it, if you can remind me of the years, a lot of those years, Georgetown was good. So they were also staying for the majority of the tournament. Yeah, correct. From 82 to 99. And for the most part, they, they were in the semifinals. You know, rarely yeah. did they did, did they get knocked out in the first round way back then. So they were they were most of the years they were at least in the quarterfinals, sometimes in the semifinals. And obviously, you know, six of those seven years they were in the championship game. So, ten of them. Uh, ten of yeah, them, Rich. Yeah, 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 ten of them. Yeah, and 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 they won well six before I stopped doing it. The seventh one was, right. was the 2007 year, but I called that anyway as, as a part of Georgetown. Yeah, um, yeah. So it was uh. It, it was quite a run, but, you know, see, initially there was only six teams. When they went to 14, it was a real challenge to do five games in one day, four the next, two, and then one. But, you know, you know the players over the course of the season, so it's not that you have to get familiar with the teams. You just have to make sure you have the stats. And, and, and the voice is the big thing. You know, if your voice holds out, thank goodness. But there were many times in the semifinal round, I was like, I had nothing left. Is it a hot tea situation? What is the uh, drink of choice that's going to help? Well, the, the drink of choice, you know, is uh, is uh, is hot tea, you know. But, okay. but the question is, where do you get it? You know, you gotta <laughs> you gotta go back to the press room. Like like you know, you can get you can get water, but where, where are you going to get hot tea? Somebody's got to bring that to you, and uh, who are you going to get to do it? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just, my daughter used to say to me. Okay, well, we'll get a runner. Yeah, go yeah. find one because the press room is, is nowhere near where, where, where the court was. You know, you have to walk back there. And oh, I yeah. just figured, you know, yeah. It's a maze. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's what you have to do keep the voice lubricated. And that's not like you just get to go home and sleep for a while, right? I mean, then you're oh, on no. the road covering the NCAA tournament. Yeah, yeah. And, and Bobby, you have to remember this in between games, we would go back to the studio. But there would be a lot of games where I would interview coaches the day before, you know, coaches or whatever. And then we would play that during segments, either live from, from Madison Square Garden or we'd have it, you know, sent down to the studio and give me a little break in between games. But I would do a lot of that stuff. So in addition to doing all the games, I would be doing tape interviews that we would air like on the air, you know, right, right live on the air. Yeah. So it was, it was a real uh, but I enjoyed it. You know, the energy that those tournaments 
you know, and I was a younger man then. So, you know, I'm 75 now, but, you know, I was doing that in my, you know, 40s and, and late 40s, so it made it a lot easier. Did you have to do something when you got home? Did this sort of line up, you know, all of the Georgetown March Madness and everything? Was there some sort of a vacation or something with the wife? And you, you know, obviously you've got three kids. Did you have to make it up to them all that time you were spending calling games? Well, it, it was just part of the culture that you knew in March Madness, this is what you're going to have to do. In fact, did I ever tell you the story that Gary Williams said years ago when, when Ewing got recruited? He said, go home, tell your wife to get a calendar and mark off the next four marches because you'll be going <laughs> to the NCAA, probably final four all those four years. So in other words, you knew as soon as Ewing signed to go home and plan, like, you know, plan from, from, from 82 to 85 for those that, that whole month of March, you're going to be away, which was true. Exactly true. I mean, it, it came to pass. But yeah, so you have to eventually make it up. But, you know, look, when, when, when you're involved in sports like you are, families understand this is part of the culture. This is what the expectation is. And that come, you know, basketball season, you're going to be at times when you're going to be unavailable. You know, my wife would always say to, her, to me, you know, when you're in the zone, I'm not going to talk to you about anything important because you're in the zone. I'll wait until you're not in the zone. <laughs> then we'll have a little more opportunity to be able to discuss things. So, you know, she understood that, you know, when, when your head's into, into the games like that and you're focused on that, it's hard to kind of take a step back and, okay, let, well, let, let's talk about the taxes or whatever we need to do. You know, it's, it's like you take that month of March and you say, that's it, you know, for, for four weeks, just um, let's just not do what we what what we can't have time to do. It's just just part of what it is. And you know, when you do it forty seven years, you develop that kind of understanding. Well, that's good. I need to use that line. I'm in the yeah. zone. I'm not sure if if, yeah. if uh. Well, I mean, my my wife said to me, you know, she can, you know, like like when when she calls me and I I just got back from a basketball game or something, and she'll say to me, uh, I want to discuss something with you, and I say. Well, I said, do we need to do it now? She said, okay, if you're in the zone, we'll do it another time. It's just part of, of the culture of understanding. That, that's what it is, in the zone. Yep. You know, something that's obviously a very small point, but, but one of the things I enjoy about the Big East tournament is it's pretty much the only time of year I take a train. Are you, are you a train guy? Are you going up in a car? What's your... No, no, I, I take the train. I take, you know, years ago, Bobby, I used to take, you know, before all this stuff with the... Uh, you know, you have to go through security. I used to go from the office and I used to go right down to National Airport and I used to either get on the Delta shuttle or the Pan Am shuttle, depending on which one. If I got there on the half hour, I would take the Delta. If I got there on the hour, I would take the Pan Am. You're up in New York in 45 minutes. You get a cab into the city in 30 minutes. So basically I could have been in my office at noon and in my hotel in New York in three hours. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's what we used to do. We used to take the shuttle. Now, you, you know, basically with all the stuff, the airports and everything else and security, you go to you go to the station and take the train. I don't mind the train. No, hmm. no, no. It, 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 it's an easy mode and it drops you right there at uh, right right at the garden. So you, your your hotel is a block or two away, and 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 that's it. Yeah, it, it, it's really easy travel for people in the Northeast to get on the train. It really makes life so much easier. And if your team loses, you get back on the train and you go home. You don't have to worry about checking flights and rechecking flights and changing this and changing that. It just makes it so much easier. You know, that, that, that's why 
I, I like Madison Square Garden. I like the Big East. I like the train because it's accessible and you can make changes if you have to. Yeah. Where I was sitting last year for the first round, we, there was a bunch of Creighton fans behind us and mm-hmm. really there's no space. The, the way they've got everything set up. I mean, their knees are basically into the back of my chair and, yeah. you know, they're watching the Georgetown St. John's game because they were going to face the winner. They were actually yeah. rooting pretty hard for the Hoyas because they were, you know, Georgetown didn't have a very deep team at that time. So they figured, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. tie yourself mm-hmm. out tonight. It's a better chance for us. I'm not going to lie. I felt a little bad for them because, like you said, it's great if you're in the Northeast. If you've come from Nebraska to watch the number one Blue Jays, what happened last year was a big problem. Oh, yeah. Well, exactly. In other words, therefore, you know, you're stuck with three days hotel. Then you yeah. got to change your flights. Oh, yeah, it's a mess. Well, you come from, well, you know, O'Hare, there's many more flights. You come from, from, from Omaha, you know, you have a change of planes and all that stuff. And, um, you know, a lot of those schools now with their boosters, they're just chartering. Okay. They, okay. They, they have enough boosters together. They take a charter so that when they're ready to go, the charter's ready to go. You know what I mean? They, they say, we contract with a charter company. You may have to wait an extra eight, 10 hours as opposed to waiting two days. Oh, yeah. It, it's a real problem. You, you want to hear a great story speaking of the train? Yeah. You, you'll, you'll, you'll love this story. So years ago, Camille Powell did a story on me, uh, you know, something about Georgetown basketball. It was probably, okay. you know, in, in, in the mid-2000s, okay? So, uh, you know, it came out one morning in the paper, and uh, Bill Roden was riding from uh, from Washington to New York. And basically, somehow some lady was reading the sports page and, <laughs> and dropped it on one of the seats, and it happened to be open to the article that I was, you know, in, in that morning. And this lady was walking through the aisle and stepped on stepped on the post where my thing was. And Bill Roden happened to be sitting right next to that paper. And he said, ma'am, you're stepping on my man, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> and he told me that story and I kind of laughed. He said, yeah. He said, I saw your article and this lady, you know, I guess going in between seats, just stepped on not not intentionally hopefully yeah. but he said just stepped on he said that's my man rich you're stepping on my man rich and he called me the next day and said i want to let you know what happened i i just got a kick out of that speaking of the train you know the most interesting train story i have was well, it's not interesting but just how how unique it is coming back really early in the morning one time and you get on those quiet cars and if people oh, yeah. talk if people talk there's a lot of self-policing out there. Like, do not talk on the quiet car because people will give it to you. Yeah, Yeah. I've taken many of those 6.30 trains, 5.30 trains out of Newark to get back to the office. Yeah, Yeah. and and if you you don't get the right car and you get the quiet car and you start talking, you know, or whatever, you have people say, shh, 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 shh. Oh, yeah. Quiet car, yeah, yeah. It's for real. So obviously the hope is, I hope, you hope, we all hope, that you know Georgetown figures it out and finds a way to avoid the eight nine game. I think of of all the years, you know, you mentioned you know the buzz of the arena, the atmosphere, the fact that they've been in the eight nine game so much hasn't really felt like it because they've been sold out occasions. One, it's the Garden, but they've been playing St. John's a lot, right? So Georgetown yeah, St. Yeah. John's, it was Mullen and Ewing, you know, a couple times before that Mullen and JT three, but it still had that feel for it. If the world was happening right now, if everything was kind of back to normal, I actually have a little bit of a concern of what the atmosphere would be like for the 8-9 game at 3 p.m. with Georgetown and Marquette. 
right? No. So I don't think there would have been much of one. Yeah. So of all I, the I years that we can't go, of all the years for it to be, I think it's really limited fans. I think it might just be limited to players, families, and staffers and all those kind of things. But I think of all the times, speaking of next next year, you know, there's obviously a lot of excitement. Uh, Georgetown's got a class that's ranked anywhere between 10 and 20, depending on what day of the week you go to, to whichever site, 24-7 rivals. For you, it's kind of like an old question by now. But you've got to call games for Patrick and his son, Alonzo and his son, Reggie and his son, and now you're going to get Matumbo and his son. How how yeah, exciting yeah. is that? And you know, just how great is it that you've been able to be a part of all of that? Well, it, it's been special. You know, the legacy. I, I remember one time I was on a I, I was on a flight and you had Alonzo and his son, and mm-hmm. and there was Reggie and 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 his son, and uh, Pat wasn't there, but you had or Dikembe wasn't there. But it was kind of just a legacy and, you know, just to, just to be a part of that great tradition of Georgetown, you know, starting with way back when, 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 when they had the St. Anthony's group. And, you know, you know what, uh, you know what Ewing told me? He said, when you do my grandson, you yeah. know, you've had a good career. Yeah. You know? and, and, and you're talking his grandson, you know, <laughs> I, I think that I think the oldest grandson is five. So that's 13 more years, Bobby. So that would mean I would be 88. Hey, all we got to do is focus on the next game. That's how, that's how we all get there. That's how, that's, but, but believe, believe you me, I, I, I'm literally focusing on the next game. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. That's, that's perfect coach talk. So yeah. I haven't had a chance to get on. I've signed up for them. And just because life over here with dogs and a toddler, and I haven't been able to get on any of these pregame events, but I can't help but notice that you've taken on a little bit of a new role this year. It looks like they've been pretty fun. Can you kind of tell me about it? I've seen a lot of different players, you know, from all different eras have been part of these pregame events. What's been going on with that? Well, the Hoya Hoop Club, obviously, they want to get more alumni involved, more former players, and they've been doing a lot of pregame events. And, you know, since I've been part of the program, you know, for 47 years, they've included me in, you know, and I have a little segment where I talk about, you know, keys to the game, like, okay. like for to talk about the Xavier game and things like that. You know, obviously it, there's no great secrets, control Fremantle, don't let pro scrugs go wild. And, yeah. you know, you have, Xavier's a more pattern team, you know, just, just basic things, but I've been included in that. And then, and then, then they had Roy Hibbert on and, uh, and Jesse Govan and, and uh, Caleb Johnson, you know, some former players the last couple of games. So it's been nice to, to just catch up with the old guys. And, and, and it's part of connecting the alumni and the Hoya Hoop Club, you know, with, with former players at a time now where you don't have the opportunity to be at the arena and see the people. You know, Bobby, you sometimes go to the games and, and those guys would be there. Okay. Yeah. And you could smooth with them before the game, halftime. Now you do it virtual. So you, you can get almost anybody now virtual, and uh, that's what they've been doing. I think it was a great idea. It is a great idea, and I think that the improved engagement with the former players is a big deal just to connecting the players to the program and then a big deal to connect the fans in this really difficult, unique situation that everybody's dealing with. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, they've yeah. handled it really well. I've had a cutout of my son in all the games. So I couldn't make the games, but he did. I didn't get a chance to put myself up there, but I want to make sure that we had somebody in the stands. Do you want to give anyone the extra early look at your keys to the game against Marquette? Well, I think the big thing, you have to control the glass. I mean, they, they really go get it, obviously, with Darson Garcia. I mean, he, you know, he's a Big East freshman of the year. 
Yeah. He's been you know, one of the top categories, uh, you know, rebounding, blocking shots, defense. Theo John, just a complete, you know, wide-body shot blocker on the interior. And Jamal Cain, very, very athletic. I mean, yeah, as you well know, he torched Georgetown with 25. They, you know, they're, they're not a great three-point shooting team, but when they start hitting from the perimeter, uh, they, they can be tough. McEwen can hit threes. Uh, Greg Elledge can hit threes. And I, I think a big factor Wednesday is going to be controlling Carton and, and not letting DJ just uh, go north-south, you know, down the lanes and get to the rim. Against Georgetown, out of their 60 points, they had 38 points in the paint. And Jamal Cain had, had four or five from three-point range and 25 points. A lot of those were alley-oop dunks and, and it's points in the paint through transition or just DJ Carton taking it to the rim. They, they, they've got to do a much better job than that if they're going to win that ball game. Rich, I have to be honest. I can remember when I really first got into Georgetown and the first day of the Big East tournament would be at, you know, at a time that conflicted with school. To find a way to sneak and listen to the radio call of you calling the Hoyas and now being able to call you a friend and talk to you in the podcast has been probably one of the coolest things that's happened to me. And now it's God, it's been it's been ten years I've covered the Hoyas for various outlets. So I just want to let you know it's it's been really cool. And well, Bobby, I've I've all you know also enjoyed our association. You know, you 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 do such a great job. You know, now with your podcast, but before that, just covering and the insights that you have. You know, before every broadcast, you know, I always look up Casual Hoy to make sure I'm not missing anything, and and the research you guys all do, and the attention to detail. And the understanding of trends is really, really very special. You know, it, it, it keeps me on my toes as well. And if I can impart some of that to the, uh, to, the, to the radio audience, I think I've done a good job in doing that. And I want to tell Evan, I'm going to send Evan a message and let him know that if Georgetown gets on a little bit of a run here, and maybe he's already doing it because Evan's a very smart, technical, savvy guy. But I know there's been times where he's set up a recording so he can catch you in case there gets to be a big Hoya win moment. And I, I yeah, want yeah. him to have some sort of a video going over there in the studios so that if Georgetown, mm-hmm. like I said, I think it's possible they can go on a run. So I, mm-hmm. I want to see what it's like to have the Rich Fodkin going crazy in the studio as opposed to courtside. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, in the studio, there's no one there. You know, it's just there in the studio, isolated there. And uh, <laughs> in the expansive studios of, uh, of 106.7 and 980, and I, I'm sometimes there just just me and my uh, the engineer, and that's it. You know, in this uh, in this studio downtown, you know, it's just uh, it's just, just just surreal to just be just going through this. Here we have a Big East basketball tournament coming Wednesday. No fans, no broadcasters allowed there. Very few media. You and I sitting home, and that's just the way it is. You know, listening to our dogs bark periodically, right? That that's that that's just the way it is. That is one of the, that is one of the bigger things over here. I, I've been worried all season that Patrick's going to tell me to get my dog to calm down, but I've, I think I've avoided it for the most part. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. Although you know, and, I think and, there's and, and and Ewing tells me every broadcast. I hope we get some Hoyas wins, Hoyas wins, Hoyas wins. I I, I try to do my best to bring it to him. You know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. With any luck. I don't know if we're going to get down to Kenner League, but I guess that's kind of the next thing we can set our sights to. With any yeah. luck, there'll be some sort of a Kenner League, and hopefully yeah. by next November we'll have this thing figured out to where yeah. it can at least be closer to normal than closer yeah. to what this normal's been like this year. Yeah, yeah. I, I sure hope so. I think for everybody's 
you know, physical and mental and emotional and all the above mental health. I think it's hopefully this thing is going to right itself over the next several months and, uh, and, and, and we'll be back to at least some sense of normalcy. You know what's going to be interesting? They're allowing a lot of these players a what they call a clock year, you know, the fifth year based yeah. on the pandemic. It'll be interesting to see who from various teams decides to come back, who from various teams decide to transfer, who from various teams, you know, do what, whatever, how they manage all the scholarship numbers. You know, you can't have 20 guys on scholarship. So even though people are allowed to come back, how do you figure the numbers? So I think I think for that is, and this is a question I was going to ask you, and maybe, maybe you're also trying to figure it out yourself, is, like, let's say Javon Blair wanted to come back. And I asked him and he, you know, gave the standard answer you might expect that he hadn't really thought about it yet and, you know, focused on the season, all that good stuff, which is very, you know, it's fair. But if you're a returning player at the school that, that you just played for, you don't count against scholarship. So if Georgetown is up to their 13 limit and Pickett and Blair wanted to come back, I'm just, this is a hypothetical. I do not know yeah. that. That mm-hmm. they would not, they would not count against it. But my question right. is, if you're a senior that gets an extra year, if you want to take that extra year somewhere else as a grad transfer, I don't know how that works. But as far as I know, if you want to stay where you've been, then you don't count against the number. Then, then you, you don't count against the number. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then, then the school has to basically come up with a way to right. pay for your, your, your scholarship. Yeah. 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 And that's another thing is just because, a player wants to come back. And we saw this with a lot of the spring sports, more like the non-revenue type situations. I saw some stories about softball and baseball. Just because you have eligibility, the school might just be like, hey, you know what? Uh, We really appreciate everything you did. Here's your jersey framed. Uh, Best of luck somewhere else. You know, because, you know, based everyone, you know, everyone's always got money problems, but they're accentuated right now during, during this pandemic. So, you know, a scholarship to play Georgetown basketball or anywhere in the big East, really, it's not cheap. No, 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 of course not. No, no, no. And, and, and I think that's, that's going to be interesting to see who decides to do what, how they figure it out, how they do the scholarships, what's the commitment to the incoming kids, how much they're going to be told they're going to play and all that stuff. So, this is going to be a most interesting, challenging year, but they are allowing people who played this year, if they want to come back, to come back. Yeah, and I think that's what's going to be interesting for Villanova now because yeah. I don't keep up to date with everyone's draft stock, but you have to wonder if this might call him Gillespie now. Maybe he wasn't thinking coming back. You know, Maybe he's thinking mm-hmm. he's going to have a chance playing professional basketball, whether it's over here or whether it's abroad, but this might put him in a situation based on his timeline of recovery he might decide, hey, maybe it makes sense to get my Masters of Villanova. And that's the thing, Rich, that I would tell anybody, whether it's on the podcast or it's just, you know, having a conversation outside is, hey, look, the real world is tough. If you can stay at one of these great institutions for free and work on a Masters, go ahead and knock that out. Oh, and by the way, you get to play some of the best basketball in the country. Yeah, and, and, and don't forget a guy like Colin Gillespie, you know, if he's looking at these camps and looking at all this other stuff and he's, and he, you know, the injury will, will take him through the summer. You figure I might as well just come back another year, like you say, get a master's and uh, and he'll run the Cats offense again next year. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, all these things you see, in other words, who thought last week we'd be talking about Colin Gillespie not playing in the Big East tournament, Villanova trying to make it, you know, four straight or whatever. And now, now you're faced with this crisis uh, for Jay Wright. And, uh, 
and it, it, it opens it up for everybody else, at least in that side of the bracket. You know, Rich, since the tournament switched from, you might remember, I mean, you might, you obviously remember that when they had two divisions, the East and the West, oh, sure. they seeded oh, yeah. it, you know, there was E1 and there was W2 yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Oh, sure. Yeah. Since they went back to just a single a single bracket with, you know, just seeded 1 through 12 or 1 through 16, or now it's yeah. 1 through yeah. 11, there's been five instances where the top seed has lost in the quarterfinals. You've called mm-hmm. one of those games. Yeah. You know, and that's what that's what Georgetown needs. If you remember, I was up there that 2010, the Hoyas beat Syracuse. V Sanford kind of has like the what the one shining moment. That's oh, yeah. what they're going to yeah. need this year, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, they're they're going to need. Yeah, they're 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 going to need to bring their A game. They're, they're going to have to just just play well. Look, they they could play with Marquette. They 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 could sure play with Villanova. They could play with St. John's and Seton Hall. And, uh, you know, they, they you just hope that they can get it done. They it, Look, it's within, in the realm of possibilities, right? Now Absol- you gotta go out I think it absolutely you. is. Yeah. Do yeah, you remember you anything? Gotta... So our good friends, you know, now um, Austin and Chris have the Dog, po- the Dog Talk podcast. It's uh, yeah. mm-hmm. a podcast. They also do video and stuff. Yeah. What else do you remember about that? that you know, that, that was the last Georgetown run to the finals. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and d- didn't they lose that championship game to, uh, to yeah. what, what did we call it, to uh, West the Mountaineers. Virginia? Yeah. yeah, Mountaineers. And Deshaun kind of a crazy Butler ending. That, yeah, Deshaun Butler made that last basket, yeah. Knocking off the one-seed Syracuse. I know it was it was an early game, but, man, that, that place was just was just incredible. Oh, I, I, re- I remember that. In fact, I, I you know, I, I remember some of those great Georgetown, St. John's games. Well, look, all those games were special. Yeah. You know, uh, it just you know the the Big East tournament is special because everybody's there and 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 you know you're playing back to back nights so you got to get it done each night and that that that's what I'm going to miss about this year I think this tournament this year is wide open you know Connecticut obviously playing at a very high level but it's still open you know everybody's got to deliver each night and you know for the teams to get the bye you only have to win three and some some of the ones that got to play in the first round you have to win four but. That, that's what the energy and the excitement's all about, right? It is. And, you know, I was worried when the Big East, you know, reconfigured after the, the schools left for football mainly, and they brought mm-hmm. in, you know, the Creightons and the Butlers and yeah. the Xaviers. Yeah. I was worried about the atmosphere up there, and I couldn't be more happy and more surprised at how well it's gone. And I'll say this, adding Connecticut back, obviously it's not going to be this year, but, man, the Connecticut fans fill that place up. Oh, clearly, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and don't forget, if St. John's is good and Seton Hall is good and Villanova traditionally is good, good. And if Georgetown's now, now good, Georgetown's, Georgetown's good. You know, yeah, you 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 have five, five or six teams, Providence, right there that that can bring energy to the Big East tournament and into that building. Yeah, I think that that's what makes that that garden so special. You know, you you have people within the short half a day's travel to New York City, which makes it so much easier, and they can still up the place. And like you said, UConn really, I mean, they, 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 they well, anytime your team wins, Providence, they're, they're going to draw. They're, they're, they're going to bring people and fill up the garden. It's just, it's just a shame that this year's tournament, no fans. It's going to be kind of an eerie feeling for the kids to play there in the world's most famous arena on the biggest stage. Sure, there's a television audience, but it's not like having – you know, 19, 20,000 fans cheering you on, you know, like it's just, just a whole different world. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously we're, you know, we're, we're hoping the Hoyas can go as far as they can. I will say mm-hmm. that I would prefer in a perfect world, Georgetown gets to eight conference tournament championships before Connecticut does, but Connecticut's yeah. looking like they have a serious shot this year. Oh yeah. Um, yes, they do. Yeah. They, they, you know, they really bother. As you well know, they, they're, they're, they're pretty special. And, and when book night is, is on and, uh, you know, he can, he can carry a team. He, he's, he's that good. You know, he's, he's that good. He is that good. I well, the, the, I, I guess the good news for all the fans, when they look at Connecticut, more than likely book night is going to be a pro next year. So I don't, I don't think he's going to be around after this season. I do not think he's going to be taking advantage of another year of school, even though yeah, he's no, got no. two more. <laughs> no, no, I, I think he's uh I think he's, he, he's a, he's an NBA type player. You know, he's that long, that wiry, you know what I mean? He gets to the rim, he's very athletic, shoots the threes. And uh, yeah, he, he's, uh, I, I think he's in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? If Georgetown gets to play him again this year, it's a really good sign because it'll mean that they're, they've made it to Saturday night at the Garden for the first time right. since 2010. That's right. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, hey, Rich. It should, be, it should be fun. Well, Bobby, listen, it's always a pleasure talking hoops with you. Again, you do such a great job and, and I, I'm always pleased to be able to get on your show and, and, and talk hoops and, you know, just talk about life as well in general, about dogs and train rides, things like that. But, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know, that, 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 that's all part of it, isn't it? I mean, you know, the train rides, it's all part of the culture. You have to get to the garden somehow. Either you fly, you drive, or, or somebody gives you a ride, or you take the train. Okay, so so you're comfortable taking the train, and, and, and it's easy, you know? Well, I'll let you know that Ben Standing couldn't make it today, but he keeps coming up with these ideas that he wants to have all three of us back on a pod, and he's come up with some sort of, I don't know, what the kind of trivia game it is he wants to do, but he's convinced that this is a good idea, and I'm not going to talk him out of it because, you know, once we get into the off season. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot going on. Hopefully, you know, if there's stuff going on in the off season, usually it's kind of on the uh, the side of maybe not great. You know what I mean? Right, so, right, right, right. right. So, yeah. so hopefully, no, I, I, I'd love to do. I'd love to do trivia. I, you know, <laughs> I, I keep thinking about you know all the years that I've I've been involved in the program and all the things that I've witnessed, and you know, hopefully, I remember a lot of that stuff. You know, I sometimes look at the I, I look at the uh, the press guide and look at all the games and. And on all the, you know, 1,500 games I've done, and I look and I said, you know, I may not remember, but I was there. That that I can tell you, I was there. So whatever happened, I witnessed it, and I was on the air. It, it just try to remember. It, it, it's, it's just been a special program to be involved with, you know, over the course of time and, 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 and the special players and, and people that have been involved with that program. Well, I was coming up with a modest idea. I do it for the professional sports that I do where I try and see – if I've covered every a game that involves every team, for instance, I'm sure everyone's dying to know, I have not covered an Oakland A's game. So between the mm-hmm. Orioles and the Nats, I need to figure out a way to get to the Oakland A's. I've done all the yeah. NBA teams. But for college basketball, obviously there's, you know, now there's 350, is it one or 355, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was trying to, you know, go back and figure out all the teams I've seen play. And it gets kind of tricky because, you know, for instance, I can't remember the exact lineup when Georgetown was in Chicago, played BCU. I want to say, yeah. like, Notre Dame played St. Peter's, and I think Akron played. You know what I mean? I, I can't remember. Akron, right, right. Akron played in that. You're yeah, right, in Chicago, I th- sure. I think Akron might, might have played Purdue in the first round, and mm-hmm. 
uh, I think Florida State was there and Notre Dame. Right, Florida State was there, yeah, because I sat next to Andy Enfield in Chicago before he took the job with uh, with uh, <laughs> with Florida Gulf Coast. Hey, let's 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 not talk about those guys. But yeah, no, yeah, I know, yeah. I know. Yeah, I want to say that. Um, I think it was actually Texas A&M Florida State. I think it was Mark Turgeon's last game with um with uh, the Aggies. But anyway, my my point to this is go back and try and figure out between mainly Georgetown, but also George Mason, some CAA, some A10, and figure out just how many schools I've seen with you. That's that that would be as you know, your daughter said, you might need some assistance. You might need a runner to help you with that. You might need yeah, yeah. you know someone because that's just going to be it. I mean, you might have seen every team that that's uh, out there if you consider all the tournaments that you've been to and who else well, was the at the event and all the, yeah, the tournaments and then, and then the in-season tournaments who, George, who Georgetown scheduled like new England college. And of course, St. Leo <laughs> and, and Shenandoah assumption, you, know, you, you look back at Stonehill and, you know, teams that you would never play again. Now we <laughs> in those games yet, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. And, and, and the other thing is, you know, we, we should take a look at, you know, who I interviewed over the course of years, you know, Eddie Robinson, when we played Grambling uh, down there in Monroe, Louisiana, yeah. I had him as a halftime guest. I had Oral Robertson when we played uh, ORU in, uh, in Tulsa way back when. So wow. I, I've had some, yeah, I've had some, uh, some, some special guests over the course of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how 15, many, how, many, how many arenas, you know, how many bucket list arenas, that I've been to, you know, like Gallagher, Iba, Pauley Pavilion. Have you been the to the pit? pit? The pit? Been okay. The pit? Sure, yeah. In New Mexico, we, we, we played UNM. And, uh, and of course, MacArthur Court at Oregon, you know, the old MacArthur Court before they have the new arena. So there, there's, there's been a lot of, you know, Cameron Indoor, of course, the Garden. Uh, you know, so there, there, there have been quite a, you know, kind of special arenas. Allen Fieldhouse, you know, the, I guess the bucket list would have maybe maybe 15, and I probably – been to 14 if not all 15 you know <laughs> is there anything you're missing what's what, what's the one that that you think you're missing well i i don't know if i'm missing any I, that's what i'm saying i i've been to all the you know some of these smaller schools like i i was never to curry hicks cage at, at at massachusetts but uh you know i've been to i've been to the garden when they, they used to play uh boston college in the garden i i've been to you know the like again the pit gallagher iba arena Pauley pavilion the dome uh, do you know of any that that I might have missed? So I think um, I think one of the newer places. I don't know actual how old the arena is, but as far as a program that's really taken off in the last twenty years, my guess is you haven't been out to Spokane. Uh, no, I, I've never been to Gonzaga. I've been yeah. to Kingdom in Seattle, but ne- never been to Spokane. No. Yeah. No. So I'm thinking. So I was trying to wrap my brain about where you might not like. That's probably a place, and it it would totally make sense for them to eventually play. You got, you know, GU, GU, Jesuits. Well, that's right. The two Jesuits. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in <laughs> fact, I, I, I looked at the, just if you play nothing else but Jesuit schools, you know, you have St. Louis, you have Loyola, Chicago, you'd have a great league. Gonzaga. Oh yeah. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be a great league. Loyola of, uh, of Los Angeles, um, you know, uh, Loyola Marymount. I mean, all those, uh, yeah. all those schools would be a great league, right? <laughs> well, and you know what? There is rich. There is a brand new arena that I haven't been to yet. I was gonna go this year. There's a brand new arena in lovely downtown. Well, it's not downtown in Harrisonburg. Brand new arena in oh, Harrisonburg. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You were at the old Convo, but you've not been to I, the I, brand. I was at the old. Well, I was at the old arena. Yeah, I, I've never, I've never been to the new one. Yeah. Well, yeah. it it just opened months ago, and unfortunately, yeah, no one's really been to it. 
Yeah. <laughs> didn't they have? Didn't they have the CAA tournament there? Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's actually still still ongoing. Yeah, still going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I was going to make it down there thought, for uh, Jamie was going to host Virginia. Years ago, when you used to drive down 81, and uh, you drive by Harrisonburg and and how how big JMU has been, you know, and all that, and and now these these new arenas, you know, it, it's great. I'm I'm glad for those schools that they they've really come up not only ac- academically but athletically. Yeah. Well, I think they came up academically once I graduated. I think that's when they yeah. really improved their standards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget the time after we beat JMU. I forget what year it was. I think it was around the Hibbert years. And I drove I, I 2005. Yeah, 2005. And I'm telling you, Bobby, there was a rainstorm. To go from the back of that arena to the parking lot was like 10 feet. And I'm yeah. telling you, I was so drenched in like, 30 seconds like it, it took me three hours to dry off it was it was that torrential rainstorm coming out of that arena yeah, well that was yeah. they got the big win yeah that was a big win but, big but win. listen, hopefully you know, they can go back just keep in touch you know we'll, we'll continue to do this if you'd like over the summer of course or, you know or or, or if, if georgetown gets to the final four this year we'll, we'll do this again right well, if they get to the final four, I'm going to figure out a way to get down there. We're going to be broadcasting yeah. from outside the arena or something. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it in <laughs> Indy and, and and even go to St. Elmo's, you know, for a steak, right? <laughs> Absolutely, that sounds like yeah. an incredible, incredible yeah. idea. Um, well, if, if, you've, if you've never been to St. Elmo's, you really have to do it. It, it is an experience. It, it's not cheap, but I'll tell you, it, it's really well worth it. Just it's the, worth it. You know, the great, yeah, the the, the great steak you get. And just the atmosphere, you know, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. It is. So everyone can follow Rich at Hoya's win. He's got some good stuff up there. And hopefully in the next couple of days, there's going to be a lot of reasons for him to tweet Hoya wins. And we can't wait to see you next time, Rich. I want to thank you again for coming on Kente Corner. It's been too long. And we're going to do it again before you know it. Good. And and I even have my mask has has Hoya's wins. (laughs) Yeah, it's awesome. It yeah. is, and hopefully they got hopefully they got uh, at least four more in them this season. Yeah, a, a few more. Well, thanks again, Bobby. Always a pleasure. All right, Rich. All right. Have have a good night. Thanks. Bye bye.